0: We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. Governor DeSantis wanders into the midst of all of this with a anti-mob. I believe they're using the word mob as as the other mob, not the mob that they are. But uh, an an anti-mob legislation, which basically restricts civil liberties. You can't really protest that easily in Florida anymore. And if you decide to protest, people could drive their cars right into you just because you're blocking their road. Um, That's just one of the provisions of this new legislation, which is clearly designed to, I think, provoke violence in anything. It doesn't seem to be like it's its really designed to stop, but I think it's basically designed to really provoke a reaction. And that's why he's done it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, uh, Noel, you've, you've got some pretty strong feelings about this.
1: I do. Not just driving into crowds, which goes to my point of people on the right getting these big jacked up pickup trucks. Cause right. You might need to roll over some Antifa on your way back with the chicken wings. <laughs> to
0: protect the country, protect the homeland.
1: Right. exactly. And I'll defer to Andrew. Six on back
0: and evening. some chicken wings. Exactly.
1: I had to roll over a couple of you know, had FIFA on the way home back from Pensacola. Also in that new bill is it's a third degree felony if you show up and they deem this thing unlawful and then you lose your right to vote. So I think hidden in there more in a more evil way, it's another attempt at voter suppression and it's suppressing the vote of the kind of people that they think might show up to protest police brutality. And you saw the cops when he had this press conference yesterday, they look like central casting. If I was like, hey, get me a bunch of no necked, Southern racist looking like, Bull Connor cops, all right? Because they had 20 of them on that stage. And the guy even (laughs) made a comment. He said, and if you move to Florida and we got a hundred people moving here a day, don't vote like an idiot like you did up north. Oh absolutely. You know?
0: he actually said those yeah. I actually I had that clip yeah. somewhere. I might if I find it oh, yeah. I'll play it in the bit. But absolutely. I and mean, this was this I mean, talk about a heightening fear for something that isn't even happening. There are no protests happening, but they they've got to get the riot bill signed and they've got to get it passed just in case you know, those, that black threat comes along the way, and just in case they block your road, and just in case they block the beach, then you know, then we've got all the power we need to make sure we can run them over. It's, it's just they are benefiting from this so much politically, and it's so vulgar, really. Yeah. There's no, there's no other reason for them to be doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you're asking me, of course, yeah, tort- it's just like, it's like you said at the top of the show. It's this division, and people are becoming masters at exploiting it. And Desantis studied under Trump, oh, and he's, he's Trump. He's much more dangerous than Trump. Yeah. Trump's an idiot, and he wants people to look at him when he walks in a room. I think Andrew said this on Twitter. Desantis is Trump with a law degree. Oh, so he's yeah, not, right. in, and he's <laughs> evil and ambitious. He scares the hell out of me, to be quite yeah. honest with he, you.
0: He's, and you, you were saying that earlier as well.
1: Or
2: yeah, he's yes, he's definitely the he's definitely the heir apparent for to Trump at least down in Florida. And uh, I bet a lot of people are looking at him as the uh, he, he's he's probably more likely to get that nod than Tom Cotton or Holly uh, or these other guys, Ted yeah. Cruz. They're all, they're all still going to be there. They're vying Pompeo, but I think he's the one that, that yeah, I think he's got it. Well, he's yeah. going to get it. And I the Floridians it. are, it's a no tax state, right? So that's why people are, that's why New Yorkers are moving down there. Mm-hmm. Huge numbers of New Yorkers have left, are leaving right now because oh, really? of the legislature and yep. cuomo are about to say to the very rich in new york city you got to pay up you know the city's on its knees let's let's get you know, they're they're going to try to tax them and my friends down in miami are like every single apartment sale right now is to a new yorker they are they, just they, they know that he also passed a
0: billion dollars of new taxation last night DeSantis did in the middle of the night he passed maybe out. not
2: maybe they'll come running back <laughs> so maybe
0: they'll come back it's interesting that a lot of new yorkers have left new york to, I don't want to segue there yet because I think I'm going to land up in a different conversation. Andrew, you're going to jump in and talk about DeSantis.
3: Yeah, I, I think he's, as everyone accurately states, he's their rising star. He's the GOP's rising star, and you got to keep an eye out for him. you got to call him out, obviously, on a lot of the nonsense that he's pushing. I don't think there's enough attention out there focused on him, and like he's got such a great response to COVID. I don't believe that to be true. I think there are issues with reporting numbers in terms of people who have, you know, passed away in Florida. There's just a number of areas maybe look at with him and you just, I don't really see the kind of media focus on those things as I did with others.
0: Yeah, not yet in any of it. Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. actually legal to pass a law where you can say it's okay to run over people who are blocking no. the road? <laughs> it can't be... No.
3: I, I honestly see this as just political theater. I think it's going to mm-hmm. get, I, I can almost guarantee you it will be challenged and it will be struck down. It's illegal. It's unlawful. You're, you're turning human beings into felon machines, these trucks, and, and you can't legalize something like that while also violating a First Amendment to assemble and to peacefully protest. And,
0: and holding that, people So much
3: wrong with that yeah. statue. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it surviving you know, one day of s- serious judicial review. And the other but thing isn't was the-
2: Florida isn't Florida the home state of the stand your ground? You can shoot anybody who comes to your door.
3: True. It is, but this is a bit different. You are using a truck as a battering ram because you gotta go get more beer and wings, as we were talking earlier. And you've got your Ram 550 diesel powerhouse V20 barreling <laughs> down the block to freaking knock these people down like bowling pins. So I, I, I don't. It's a little bit different. Someone's coming onto your property and you feel threatened then then but it's still tough you can't just go around shooting people that come walking up to your door i was just delivering the mail man you're aggressive right? with that
2: envelope but that's a florida thing
3: yeah yeah so i even with stand your ground there's still it's still very difficult to get away with just blowing someone away for the sake of blowing someone away castle doctrine you know, we have a castle doctrine in new york state where if someone breaks into your house, man's house is his ca- man. Man's house is his castle, but you still have a duty, you know, under the castle doctrine to retreat and try to just disf- defuse the situation before you have to start deploying deadly force, unless you're immediately uh, assailed with deadly force. So. You know, that kind of doing away with
0: that. Yeah, and that that does break down on race as well. Surely that's only a thing that you can do if you're a white person. And it's not really something that black people could do in this country in any state. One of the things that struck me about the response today to the court case, they were like talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. Remember Kyle Rittenhouse who a few weeks after the initial, this George Floyd killing went, shot two people, two people died, I think. And he shot them in like in front of cameras, in front of crowds. And basically was like, I, I, don't, I think he was arrested but he was ultimately carried off the scene like he was the victim somehow of, of this thing and he yet shot two people in cold blood with a weapon and because he's white and a 17 year old I guess you I don't know whatever it was at the time somehow he was treated like oh it's okay he was just reacting to all those, those dangerous black people out there and meanwhile George Floyd is is dead under the under the pressure of a, of a policeman's knee it's the there is such a race disparity in terms of what you're, you're saying there Andrew about white people can get away with in America and, and black people can get away with believe it
3: or not yeah I agree with that it's just there's so many there's so much evidence to that effect I think Kyle Rittenhouse actually shot white people believe it or not people that were not that it matters you know person is a person you blow them away in that matter you're a violent felon and you need to answer for that but yeah Ellie sees this kid walking around with his AR, his mom just dropped him off like from school, like with his little lunch bag or whatever, with his backpack and he walks to the protest from Illinois and he's walking around and, and then he gets himself in, into trouble. And then he's in a position where he needs to wrongfully deploy his weapon and he blows someone's body part off, I think initially. It's just crazy. It's why are we here? You know I mean? Like why is stupid garbage
0: like this happening? We should just blame uh, Ron I, DeSantis for everything. I think it'll be the, the way it yeah, now it's the, same, it's the same type of vein. Yeah, it is yeah. very similar.
1: And it's that, can I just make a quick point? It's back to that thing where somehow these weapons have become acceptable in, in our society. You know, I lived a half an hour from Sandy Hook. You know, the mom who was the first victim of Sandy Hook, who was the mom of the shooter, bought her son that weapon, the wow. same kind that Kyle Rittenhouse had and every other mass shooter has, to bond with him he was like special needs and had some issues and she wanted to bond with her son so she thought it would be a good idea to buy him this weapon and that's the new thing that's here in our society that would be like when I, I was a troubled kid if I was like hey I think I need an assault rifle now to help me out of these teen years where I'm acting out my family would slap me upside the head what are you nuts that's not happening but
3: let's go fishing Exactly. exactly. How about,
1: yeah we're gonna drop you off on an island outside of Maine and give you a fish on a match, <laughs> and see if you come back. Like now, it's like Andrew said. Kyle Rittenhouse's mom did drive him there with yeah. his gun and his survival kit, and he did shoot two people and blew off someone's hand. And the cops handed him a bottle of water and thanked him for coming. He only got arrested the next day.
0: Yeah, when oh, he was he's... like,
1: "Oh, we're going to have to come and get you." You know, he
0: was so, there to escort of the police. He was basically helping them out, doing yeah. whatever. Right. paramedic stuff they needed him to do, even though he was not a paramedic. Nina's, got a, Nina's been on before and she's done this name and shame thing. I don't have as exciting a graphic look this time. But I'm excited about what we're going to do in terms of name and shame because there was a good report uh, came out this week about the companies that are actually helping all these voter suppression laws come to life by supporting all the politicians, all the lawmakers in these in these state uh, houses to to you know run their political careers and, and by funding them. I mean, it's interesting who the who the top ten funders are of all these state. Uh, lawmakers who are passing all these voter suppression laws, which is a bit of a tangent, but it is obviously related to what we've been talking about. So, Nina, I don't have the list. I'm going to pull it up quickly because I'm sure you don't have it in front of you.
2: I, um, I'm looking at it. Oh, okay. Public Citizen is yeah. one of those great good government groups that does all this research. It's not my research, it's theirs. And oh. they released this report pointing out that contributions from corporations since 2015 have totaled 50 million dollars to state legislators supporting voter suppression bills including 2020 uh, sorry including 22 million during the 2020 election cycle the thing is that you got to think about this these corporations love to they love to play the diversity game they love to talk talk the talk but when it comes down to walking the walk with the money they are not doing what they are what they're pretending to yeah. be. So the you're Coke, starting the from the Koch brothers
0: are number ten. And then Which the is industries. surprising,
2: right? You would think the Koch brothers would be right up there because Koch's are behind Alec, the yeah. uh you know the the, the um that cut, cookie cutter, right winger state legislator uh, statute
0: yeah. machine. Then farmers insurance is number nine. Can't say much about that. BNSF Rail. I don't even know who that is. who's, who's BNSF Rail?
1: They transfer oil and stuff on that, railways. that makes
0: sense. There you go. Uh, the Pfizer brings you bring you your vaccines and they bring you your voter suppression laws it appears. Um, as does state farm. And then in the bottom end of this, or well, the top end of this list, Walmart's. That's not really that surprising, is it? That Walmart's going to be there. Maybe, maybe it should be, but they don't even pretend to be that uh, liberal on the outside. Uh, and then there's United Health, Comcast, the owners of MSNBC, amongst many other things. Also, bringing voter suppression on the other side of their yes, of their mouth. That's
2: good. And, <laughs> and then Altria,
0: which is Altria. That's the Philip Morris company again. And then, and then number one in this list is AT and We'll figure.
2: Yeah. And these are, they make these decisions based on, they're not giving them the money because they want voter suppression. They're giving them the money because they want statutes that are friendly to probably their litigation their their susceptibility to litigation or tax issues or that's what they're giving these right-wingers money for but they happen to just also get crazy anti-abortion shit and everything else that goes along with and the gun stuff everything else that goes along with supporting the the red side of these state legislatures yeah those are a little
0: bit more disciplined about these things it seems seems that everyone's just so easily or funding these Republicans and their policies suck, but I guess they they avoid regulation. I guess, or they get lower taxes in theory, and that's what that
2: matters. Is. They're just doing actuarial yeah. stuff when they mm-hmm. look at this. It does. It's not about the community. It's not about society. It's about how much can we keep our bottom line from making our ta- our our stockholders unhappy. And that's the problem with this mm-hmm. the, the system that we've got that and then they put they put diversity on as window dressing. You no, know, but it is good. They've certainly have stepped up with the Georgia stuff. Even the fact that they talk about it is important. But but yeah, let's let's put the put the wallet where the mouth is and mm-hmm. stop pouring money into especially these state legislators, which are these state legislatures are, oh my God, they're just nests of corruption. I mean I started in Springfield but Albany ohio and the things that are going on there what yeah, they get apparently. away with tallahassee oh man mm-hmm. oh yes matt gates
0: yeah our friend matt. i'm sure
2: you've done a whole show on him i missed that i'm sorry it's three
0: it's <laughs> three good episodes <laughs> <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> the <links>. they're great <laughs> yeah, <thank you. laughs> um, yeah look these these are these the state legislatures are in you know, a real they're they're a, a hotbed of 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 corruption and yet they are the ones who are now going to decide potentially who the next election is going to be won by because they've yep. given themselves all these new authorities. Some of these crazy laws allow the legislatures actually to override what the voters have
2: decided. Voters could yeah, decide, yeah, we want to be Democrats. That everybody else. That's why they focus on them because they're purchasable. They're, yeah. they're, they're way more purchase, purchasable and for a lot less than your average senator, US senator. It's a lot easier to go to this Columbus or Albany and get stuff Mm -hmm. that you want
0: so today a turning point did we feel america turn into the right direction or was it just had to happen because it was obvious no I,
1: I think it was a bit of a watershed moment. I, th- I feel like it was actually a bit of a turning point because precedent has been set now and hopefully a chapter has been closed. It's not, and I lose precedent loosely. I know I'm with it, but I'm just saying it's like with, there was some redemption from Rodney King from all these horrible big public cases we've seen in the past. Obviously, there's a lot of work to be done. Obviously, we have Ahmad Arbery's trial coming up. This stuff happens every day. We They weren't even going to charge him a year ago they listed it as a medical event on the right. Minneapolis police right. website it was only public pressure that brought this case in the first place but this case was like enough of this we're sick of this and everybody took to the streets and the big difference between this case and cases in the past if you watch black lives matter in that movement it was white folks out there in the streets this time Barack Obama said that is it's they're shoulder to shoulder with you now and that's gonna change things hopefully and for the better but I think it did change things
3: Andrew? Yeah. I, I think it's the beginning of something. I think we need momentum. I think we need to keep it up. I'm a big proponent of us, of everyone, with issues like this, and also especially with elections, just to keep it up. Stay involved. Vote in every election counts from dog catcher to POTUS. It does not matter. If we fall back, if we slide back into a Trumpian-type president or we have more of these types of cases where people go free and the jurors are just not doing their job or prosecutors aren't putting cases in front of grand juries and they're not being pressured to do that we can go back it's all about how we want to make america better okay how we want to move forward and become like i always say a more perfect union all right it's a never ending quest it's never going to end as long as america
0: exists nina well said by the way andrew yeah, that was good.
2: Yes, I think it is a turning point. Absolutely. I think the BLM, the summer of protests was a turning point. As you said, whites, people of all ages, colors, were standing shoulder to shoulder against this. And I think that cops, with this him going down like that, honestly, what's going on in Minneapolis with the cops is unbelievable. Yeah. This, the What they're doing to journalists is crazy. It's it's insane. The pictures that are coming out of there are, uh, so I don't know if those cops are going to look at this and see that, you know, one of their fellow men is now handcuffed, walked off the, off the scene into the, into a dungeon. You now that, that could maybe make them think twice about how they behave towards people, hopefully, but I think it is a turning point. It, it, it was a turning point as of last summer, and it would have been a very bad turning point if he had been Convict let go, that would have been not good. And oh, yeah, it's a turning point, but things just move very slowly. I, I I don't know. I don't know whether this has an effect on police behavior, because that's what it has to be. But I think the cameras, that them wearing cameras or people carrying cameras around has been a huge boon. I mean, imagine what it was like when they didn't have cameras. If this is what's going on with cameras, imagine what was going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean there's a real moment of truth that that we've been experiencing with all these cameras and and with just uh, the amount of visibility we now yeah, have into how these police before, stations, these police you know. operations work, it's really right. remarkable that we can see all this stuff now. So it's that's a big deal. That's really hard to run away from the truth. I, I hope certainly that people change their behaviours, but I also wonder if we are you know, still need to be paying a bigger attention to these external forces that might be amplifying and setting us into these oppositional spaces that are very very difficult for us to get out of in the long term. At the end of the day, we've got an election in just around the corner, and we're going to want to make sure that Americans feel like they can raise families in America, like that this is still a country that you can raise kids in. and. I don't know if people feel like that so much when they see shootings every day and they see these court cases and the black people getting killed in, in all these places we we still need to create an environment that's ultimately that is ultimately positive for people to raise their families i'm not sure we're there yet i want to make sure that we we focus more on that going forward now i see glenn Kirshner just popped in here and i don't know that you've got to run so mm-hmm. i might just flip you guys out and then i'm going to end the show but we'll, we'll have a few minutes with glenn because here he is so okay. thanks Nina. it's great to see you thanks very Let's much for joining you your book out Book's
2: uh, many weeks yet too for for you to help me uh, happy, promote it.
0: Happy to promote it all the time. It's so good. Thanks, Thank Nina. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Just like that, Nina becomes Glenn Kirshner. Hi, Glenn. <laughs> hey,
4: how are you? Hey, guys. I'm really
0: good. Hey. Uh, hey uh, Noel, Hi. Andrew. And thanks. I we're do. almost about to wrap up but you're here so how awesome is it for you to spend some time with us uh, tonight? I know you're busy. But give us your quick takeaway. This was we were just saying. Is this a watershed moment or, or is this just a, a start of something that we need to still get to?
4: Yeah, I hope that this gets justice trending, and I don't mean trending on social media, if we can actually, and I think we have a chance, and I'll talk about why in a minute, but if we could get justice trending in our police departments, in our prosecutor's offices, in our criminal justice system, in our legislatures, in our schools, in our communities, I think we have a chance, maybe a chance that we haven't really had before. I look at, a parallel between what I saw in the George Floyd murder prosecution, which I have to say was expertly tried. Okay. I can tell you, I tried more than 50 murder cases in the courts of Washington, DC, including murder driven Rico cases. I never tried a case as expertly as I just saw that prosecution team try that case. The parallel I see is between the police leadership of the Minneapolis Police Department getting on the stand and breaking the back of one of their own because they were wrong. I am still inspired by Chief Arradondo. He stood up and in a full-throated way, he said, what Derek Chauvin did was wrong. It was excessive. It was unreasonable and it was deadly force. And he wasn't the only one from the Minneapolis Police Department testifying like that. That And then I was just on with Joy Reid and I got Mm -hmm. to sit and listen to President Biden's comments as we were waiting to come back to the panel. And he said, and I quote, it's time to take head on the racial disparities that exist in policing Mm. in a full throated way. That's where I see the parallel because what it might take to really get rid of the bad cops is the good cops mobilizing. Mm, yeah. the bad cops make the good cops. It makes their job so much harder. Yeah. And I think Chief Arredondo and other, like like Lieutenant Zimmerman, the senior most member of the Minneapolis Police Department who testified against Chauvin, they took the stand and they gave the jury permission because jurors are like everyday people. They'll look at a use of force video and they'll say, man, that looks wrong. That looks criminal. That looks like murder. It looks like an execution, but I don't know anything about police procedure. I don't know how use of force works when good officers come in and say, let us tell you how use of force works. It's not what Derek Chauvin Mm. did. That was criminal. That may be what it takes. That together with a president of the United States who in a full throated way says we have racial disparity in policing and it needs to be addressed. Compare that to what Trump said when he was talking to the chiefs of police he said don't be so gentle when you put them in the cruiser bang your head against the door jam fortunately gone are those days but if we now have leadership in our police departments in the executive branch in our legislatures that are willing to say we're gonna seize the moment and we're gonna get justice trending And now I am supposed to do Zerlina because I'm getting called. It's okay. Go do it. (laughs) You
0: you did a great job with us. Thank you so much. Thank you
4: guys. I'm sorry that's so Best no, five-minute appearance great. we've ever had on
0: <laughs> narrative. Well done. Thanks very much, Glenn. The man is in demand, but uh, you can see why awesome. he, he knows his uh, he knows his way around it. What do you say? What do you, when you do a, a closing statement? I, I think what Glenn said was phenomenal. I think he's right about mm-hmm. the, that one thing that was so specifically different about this case was that the police, came, you know, took the stand, and they said themselves they were critical of their guy, and that I don't recall in many other cases. Uh, that's certainly, Andrew, do you recall anything like that in any of the cases you've? Uh, No.
3: Civil rights claims that I litigate and and prosecute for people who are victims of police brutality or false arrests or malicious prosecution, anything like that, any rights violations, I have to hire an expert, which is usually a former police officer, to testify on my behalf because you've got to counter... And demonstrate because you have the burden of proof as the plaintiff, as prosecutors have the burden of proof in a criminal prosecution. You have to demonstrate what happened, what was wrong, where did mm. they violate uh, use of force guidelines? Use of force is on a, continu- con- a continuum, and you constantly have to readjust, which clearly Derek Chauvin did not do. You, yeah. you use the, the amount of force reasonable and necessary to overcome any force that you're facing. And again, you have Derek Chauvin putting his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck. While he's unconscious, and so clearly that's an excessive use of force,
0: which causally led to his death. So that's yeah. So that that's makes a huge difference having the police yeah. actually speak up. And I noticed in that case in Brooklyn Center, the the police officer who shot that kid there last week, uh, right. she resigned immediately. She so accepted the fact that she had just made a stupid mistake or made whatever. She yeah. she walked off the job. She felt it was better for the police force in general that she wasn't there it felt to me like an attempt at least to not to not try, try hide behind the badge or try to mm, hide behind the, the, the yeah and, yeah. and, and responsibility for yeah. her you know egregious act yeah exactly which is what you want from police officers i guess then it is watershed we'll call it a watershed for all of that gosh it's heartbreaking to see the family but they were so overjoyed today at justice it's remarkable what justice can do for you it that is. moment of having a jury stand up and say, "This man is guilty. This man is guilty of killing your son and your brother, and this is exactly what he. This is what he deserves. This is what he needs to happen." That—that that is the most cathartic. if it's cathartic it's probably not even the right word, but it's just the most important closure for people to have at the end of this traumatic and epic journey that this family has been through for them to actually have this moment of, okay, we can breathe now. We've done our work for George.
1: I think that's why they have scales in justice, right? Is because yeah. you're trying to balance it out. And I think right. as a nation, we learn today, it feels good to do the right thing. It feels good to not have a conflicted thing that you have to make excuses for. You know, setting right. it, setting the record right is a new chapter. And I think people will find that it feels good. And Glenn said, cops are coming forward now in a way they have. not before, and that's going to make all the difference.
3: It it, it really will, 100%. Glenn hit it right on the head.
0: Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.